0: I guess you could probably guess the theme I might be preaching from. Matthew 27 is a giveaway. I think the holiday that we're celebrating is a giveaway. Um, and if you expected something different, you'll be disappointed, I guess. Um, but I want to preach today under this title A Battlefield Crown. A Battlefield Crown. Battlefield Crown. For Rome, it was a disastrous day. For Carthage, it was turning into a glorious day. The two world superpowers had been at war for six years now. The war would continue for almost another decade and would catapult Rome on its way to what we now now know it as, being a controlling of most of the Western world. But on this day, the Roman military machine was taking heavy losses. It was the Battle of Camerina. It was part of the campaign that would finally give Rome control over Sicily, the southern part of Italy. But this day was not going to plan. The Roman general and dictator Attilius had marched his troops south to take the city. As they approached their target, Attilius either by ignorance or by arrogance, led his army directly into a steep valley. The enemy surrounded them in an ambush and turned that steep valley to their advantage. As the war raged on, the battle grew bloody. An air of desperation hung over the soldiers because with every slash of the sword and every scream of battle, the soldiers' blood of their comrades began to mix with the mud that was at their feet. It was a gruesome picture, a savage scene as the Carthaginian soldiers slowly and methodically overcame the Roman forces. One by one, they were falling, and it appeared that all was lost and there could be no escape. In the middle of the brutality of the battle, one soldier saw a singular opportunity. battle would be lost. Lives were being lost. But the army could be saved if Calpurnius could convince his soldiers that were under his command to do the unthinkable. They would commit suicide. Not the suicide that you and I think of, just taking their lives and ending their lives, but suicide in the sense of making a last stand. It was a suicide mission, you could say. Calpurnius had identified a hilltop that would give a small strategic advantage to his men. And he lifted up his voice and pointed his sword and said, To the hill! Let us die, my men, and in dying, save our trapped legions from their peril. Three hundred men ran to the hilltop to defend themselves against the Carthaginian forces that were coming and surrounding and coming upon them. But with the enemy's attention diverted toward that hilltop, Attilius was able to save his army from ambush. All 300 men's lives were lost, but their act of valor delivered many lives that day. Attilius would go on to secure the area for Rome, and he would return home, as often happens in politics. He was viewed as a hero, lavished with rewards and honors, while Capernaus and his men were on the battlefield lying dead. After all, it's the generals, not the common soldiers, who give out the medals. They dictate who is praised and who's ignored. But because of the generals and politicians were the ones giving out the awards, a tradition developed from among the military soldiers. It was a tradition to honor the people who were often overlooked. They were not seen by the power system that controlled who was praised and honored. The surviving soldiers would return to the battlefield and pluck from the battlefield surviving flowers and plants that still grew there, and they would weave them together into a crown to be placed on the head of the recipient if they were still alive. It was an act of mocking the people in power while honoring the uncelebrated hero. And it became known as the grass crown and became one of the highest military honors that were given to any people because it wasn't a mechanism of politics and it wasn't a mechanism of the power structure it was a mechanism of the people that had seen what someone had done unlike all other military prizes this one was awarded by the acclamation of the rescued soldiers it didn't come from a general it came from a lowly soldier very very few were ever given because all of the army had to agree together that this was this act whatever it was was deserving of this grass crown this high honor calpurnius that day received a grass crown because in surrendering his life and the lives of 300 men he saved rome the roman soldiers must have thought they were very clever Descending upon Jesus in the praetorium with all their frustrations and fury. Each one taking a turn, punching him. It was torture after all. They stripped him bare and beat him some more. The entire garrison involved themselves in the act. One returned with a robe. Not just any robe, but a purple robe. Common color worn by nobles and royals. They draped it over Jesus. Others, inspired by the imagery that was starting to shape, stepped outside and they found their reed and some thorns that they plucked and they slapped the reed into his hand, continued to beat him while the others fashioned a crown from those thorns. So they beat this innocent man with all the frustration of warriors sent to occupy a foreign territory. That they would gladly surrender to be at home. They beat him. They wove that crown, thorns. And when it was done, as the beating continued, they took that crown and they pressed it into his brow. More blood flowed, streams of it flowing down his face. They beat him. John said they took the reed from his hand. Began to beat him across the head, across the crown. It was intense and it was violent. It was nasty. It was all meant to be mocking. Mocking symbolism. The robe, the reed, the crown. Here was the king of the Jews. The idea itself was laughable. Jews have not had a king. They've not had a king. They've not ruled themselves in three centuries. They beat him. The true symbolism was completely lost on these soldiers. You and I, we're we know, we know what it represents. Because like the powerless soldiers who honored Calpurnius, they could only fashion a crown of what was close by of grass. They had no gold to give. They had no leaflets to give to Calpurnius they just took what was on the battlefield and they offered it to Calpurnius for his act these soldiers weren't trying to honor but they took what they could and they plucked from the battlefield a symbol of the curse that he would overcome on the cross a cursed world, a dying world, a sin-filled world, that they would take and pluck the symbol of that curse and fashion it and put it on his head. Genesis 3.17 says, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. And toil you shall eat it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. So they mocked. Hell celebrated. The heavens were dark. And they put that crown on his head, a symbol of the world that he had come to conquer, king of the Jews. In mocking celebration, they beat him. But the earth knew. The earth knew what we now know. They were not just giving him a symbol of the ground. It was not just an empty gesture. There was something behind it all that they unwillingly, unknowingly fashioned this crown together and placed it on his head. The earth knew and the earth would reveal just how well it knew. Because at his death, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. The graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. The earth knew. The earth shook and surrendered the bodies that it had claimed in death because it knew in that moment death had no longer any sting. And on top of a strategically placed hill, with nails in his hands and a thorn crown on his head, Jesus Christ made a way of deliverance when there was no hope. For you and I to escape. And he took a curse. The curse on his head and the curse on his body. When he hung on that cross. And today we celebrate because he is risen and he is alive. And when the enemy thought the battle was over, Jesus found a hill and made a way for us to escape. He became the curse. He didn't ask anyone else to make the sacrifice. He himself, God, manifest in flesh, robed himself and went to a cross and paid the ultimate price, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the earth for our sins. Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He has been crowned with glory and honor. Hebrews 2, 7 through 9 says, You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put in all subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. He took the curse. Those soldiers thought they were being ingenious as they wove that crown of thorns to place on his head just another device of torture but they didn't realize nor understand the symbolism of what they were doing because the because the cross itself was overcoming the curse and they took a crown from the curse and put it on his head that would represent freedom for you and I. He became the curse. He wore the curse as a crown so that we could be free and everything comes to culmination in Revelation chapter 22 and that's the day we wait for. We're waiting for the glorious day day when the Lord will return and his people will be resurrected for eternity and there'll be no more suffering there there'll be no more shame there'll be no more sickness there'll be no pandemics there'll need be no more diseases no need for surgeries there'll be nothing but the glorious lamb of Jesus Christ sitting alone on the throne of God as we worship him crying holy 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 is the lamb that was slain the day we wait for Revelation 22 1 through 5 says it more beautiful than any way that we could say it today. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. There will be no more curse. You and I, we may experience the curse right now. We may know what it is to be sick in our body. We may know what it is to suffer. We know what it is to experience the pain of sin and how it will destroy a life. We know. But Jesus Christ has taken upon himself the curse. There shall be no more curse the throne of God that's what we'll see no more curse but the throne of God the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads there shall be no night there they need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever they didn't know the symbolism. They didn't understand that in that moment, in that instant, he was overtaking authority over the curse. But for he has crowned the cross and his sacrifice to hold any validity in our lives, in your life, he must be on the throne of your life. Notice what Revelation 22 and 3 says, and there shall be no more curse. No more curse. But instead of a curse, it'll be the throne of God and of the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. His servants shall serve him. I want to tell someone today that you may feel like your life has been cursed. You may feel like you live under the curse of of all of the things in this world, but I want someone to know and understand this morning that Jesus Christ took on himself a cross. He took on a crown. He has been king forevermore, king of kings and Lord of lords, and he has broken the curse of sin. He has broken it with one act of valor and honor where he went to a cross and said, I'll make a way of escape. And Calpurnius, whenever he pointed at that hill, and he said, let's go, men. Let's charge this hill and take this hill and stand our ground and die. He understood what it meant. Men that joined him running up that hill, they understood what it meant. It meant that they would die so that their fellow soldiers could live that the kingdom of Rome could go on. Jesus Christ, he knew what the cross meant. And even though he prayed and said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, he took on himself a curse. And he went to a cross, an innocent man, because when he looked and he saw you and I, he said, they'll escape They can be delivered through this one act forever. Sin will be satisfied. The curse will be broken. And if you don't know him today, you can know him. I wonder if there are some saints that you're just filled with gratitude today. You recognize the the curse that he broke over your life. And I wonder if you would just begin to praise and worship him. Entertain the spirit of God that's here in this place this morning. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made at Calvary. I thank you, Lord, that you were resurrected, taking power over death and the grave. I thank you for what you're doing in people's lives, Lord. God, I thank you for every miracle you've ever done. And if you don't ever do anything else, Lord, that one act of the cross was worth everything. God, I thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Cross of Crown. It's just a symbol of the curse victory that he was going to have in just a few hours as the heavens turned dark and the earth began to shake and begin to quake and he gave up his spirit bible tells us that one of the soldiers was standing there centurion with his band and they looked up and they recognized the signs the earth shaking the tail the veil being torn and and all of the things that were happening in that one instant, that moment. And they looked on him and they said, surely this was the son of God. Now That's, that's a major thing. You need to understand that for a Roman, they didn't believe in a God. They believed in gods. They recognized in that one moment. Imagine the terror that fell on that soldier's heart thinking just a few hours ago we were mocking we were teasing we were making fun and a joke out of this maybe he was the one that had reached out and grabbed hold of the thorns and began to weave them they recognized that something had shifted surely this is the Son of God he forever has authority over the curse. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's worship him again as they begin to sing. I want to